From the corner of Bay and Dundas in downtown Toronto, this is Like Nobody's Business, a podcast of thought, leadership, and business innovation. I'm your host, Cassandra Earle. In recent years, there have been efforts from the NHL and all of its 32 teams to increase diversity across the league. The NHL's 2022 Diversity and Inclusion Report mentioned that recent hire Mike Grayer became the league's first black general manager when the San Jose Sharks hired him back in July. The report also showed that the league's full-time workforce is 3.7% black, 4.2% Asian, 3.7% Hispanic, and less than 1% indigenous. Now, looking ahead, how can hockey work to be more inclusive? What does that inclusivity look like? How will it impact young hockey stars, current players, and teammates, as well as the sport overall? To answer these questions, we've invited some guests. Today, you'll hear from Bernice Carnegie, the daughter of Herb Carnegie, who was a driving force towards diversity in the sport. Now, Bernice, who joined us via Zoom call, is the co-chair of the Carnegie Initiative, an organization with the goal of making hockey more diverse and inclusive in memory of her father. You'll also hear from Dr. Richard Norman, a postdoctoral fellow at Toronto Metropolitan University, working with the Future of Sport Lab at the Ted Rogers School of Management. His research focuses on the connection between race and sport, including the disparities in hockey. I wear a, a bunch of different hats. Dr. Norman explains his research and what kinds of efforts are being made to combat this issue further. Um, really looking at sort of issues of inclusion, um, acceptance, belonging, and what does that look like uh, moving into the future. Um, I do some consulting sort of more broadly within sport, um, you know, and that's taken me in a lot of different ways, um, including starting up a not-for-profit. Um, and so I'm working with um, um, Dr. Sherry Bradish on, on some things. We also are a grant recipient of the Carnegie Initiative. So I'm um, working with Bryant and, and others um, just to understand what's going on within the world of sport. Um, thinking more broadly about who supports people that don't necessarily see themselves in hockey and what does that look like? Um, you know, For example, like the Black Girls Hockey Club is a perfect example of something that operates a little bit independently um, but there's lots of examples that are that um, I sit on the board of the Future of Hockey Lab Board of Mentors, and uh, Marion's there as well, who is the, there's the, um, uh, the little NHL. And, you know, I didn't know about this, but Indigenous Run League for Indigenous, um, you know, youth, it's been going for 50 years. And how in Canada do I not know about this? Uh, perhaps in the same way that we don't know very much about the Maritime Color Hockey League as well. Bernice explains the work her father did and what they accomplished together when they visited schools, teaching young people about inclusivity in sport. I'm Bernice Carnegie, <laughs> and I love both names. I love both names now. Uh, Bernice is a name my father gave me, uh, named after his sister, and she was the first Canadian, uh, Canadian-born Black registered nurse. And uh, Carnegie, well... You know, what a wonderful name to carry. Uh, so I carry her name along with my father's name, and I'm very proud of it. I worked with my dad for 30 years. Uh, we were kind of joined at the hip, uh, doing initiatives in schools. We speak to about 20,000 students a year. And um, we talked about social justice issues based around his life and 
things that happened to him that weren't always so pleasant, uh, but it was an effort to help young people to have a different approach or a different perspective about those they interacted with. And so I've been doing that actually for 40 years. <laughs> so this new initiative, the Carnegie Initiative, was not my idea. <laughs> but I'm loving every moment of it. It was Bryant McBride's idea. And when he called me to tell me where he wanted to go with this, I couldn't help but jump on board and say, yeah, um, everything my father and I did in the community for so many years is all coming back. It's all one little circle. And um, the Carnegie Initiative is there to bring people back together. We want to bring people together. That's our first thing. We want to give them an opportunity to participate where they may not have participated before. And when they do, it opens, it, it just it helps them step out of the box so they can maybe do other things. It might not be hockey, but if they at least tried it, they might now say, oh, well, I can try something else. We want to give those who are doing a good job, like uh, uh, Dr. Norman and his team, who have been looking at different ways to, um, to, bring, to bring hockey um, its full value, uh, we want to help them get there. We want to help organizations to get there. And I also say that you know you really have to take a look. Herb's life impact that he had was so vast and has affected so many people surrounding hockey. It's a legacy that you know he's a national hero and and a treasure not just to hockey but to uh, to to the rest of you know society. And part of the thing it highlights is you know his life and the situation he was in and all the you know the adversity they had to come overcome just to exist in that and not get a shot at the highest level of hockey is you know is part of that whole conversation that i think we need to raise um around you know the, this issue so like to me it's like one of, it, it's the story that we should be telling what i think is unique about the carnegie initiative is that if raising these stories up so that everybody knows about them now is so important um, so that you see these this next generation, but also the legacy of how it connects past, you know, present to the future. Um, that's, that's a beautiful thing. When it comes to research into race and sport, Dr. Norman explains that the subject is studied, but with hockey specifically, there's more to learn in terms of solutions and how to move forward. When you take a look at race and sport, there is research out there, um, I will say. One of the issues that we have in Canada is that most of the research tends to involve the, like either a North American context or an American context. And so there, when we start to go down the road of, all right, so give me all of the research that is looking at hockey um, from a racialized perspective in Canada, that's when we start to find, oh, there's not a lot out there. And so it's not that people don't know about it, and it's not that there isn't you know, great stories out there. It's really just making sure that we can collect that information and expose it. Um, so, you know, there are different organizations that have done research, um, you know, and, you know, there are academics out there who are doing scholarship, but it's not necessarily focused on a lot of the questions that we really need to answer. 
which I think when we think about ideas of belonging, when we think about acceptance, when we think about coming together, as Bernice was talking about, um, that's not, there's not a lot of research that are looking at that. There's lots of knowledge within hockey. There's lots of understanding about the issue around racialized folks within hockey. Um, but to move it forward, I think we need to have new and innovative types of thinking. We need to have new kinds of even ways to frame the problem. And, and I bring this up a lot when I talk to people or even in the classroom setting. It's like, if you can tell me what, if we remove tomorrow, eliminated systemic racism, what does that look like? What does our society look like? What does sport look like? Does it look exactly the same? Would hockey actually resemble the same sport that we have to remove all those barriers? And it's a question that I can't answer, you know, and I study this all the time, but bringing a whole bunch of people together and then asking that question, we can get really different answers about where we need to go. And I think that that's what I really want to get to in the research that I'm doing. And I think that there's an opening for other kinds of research, not just to document how many cases of racism exist in hockey today um, or how much of X and Y and Z, but also saying, these are the pathways that we need to take to really change. And we can borrow from all the existing other kinds of research that's out there um, to do something different. And that's, I think, the kinds of things that we need now. Um, we look at the crisis of sport, you know, everything from the sport minister in Canada saying um, everything has to change to people that have been on the ground, like Bernice, working for 30, 40, 50, 60 years. Um, I think that that's, you know, we need to, we need to make those bridges, but we also have to open up new ways of doing things. And, and that's hopefully what, you know, even the grant from Carnegie Initial will help me do in, in, in my pathway in terms of research. But I also think that there's just so many smart people out there that once we start to frame things a bit differently, we can get to some different answers. With Dr. Norman's suggestion that collaboration of ideas can help to further change in the way of hockey and racism, changes will be made over time, which will create an impact on sport, but how will this impact society as a whole? How will a more inclusive and welcoming hockey environment influence the society around it? One of the things I love about sport is that it just opens up it opens up um, questions to society very well. And you know there's lots of people who've done research in this area and you can look at it from a couple of different different ways it can expose social issues that are affecting society in one way but there's also this sort of um, emancipation and this advocacy for sport being places where you can see change before it actually happens in society so i, I kind of like the you know that sort of spectrum that there's lots of stuff that is going on within the context of sport the cultures that and the traditions like there's really rich traditions I mean, it's sort of bringing out the Maritimes Colored Hockey League. I mean, that is part of the NHL. It's part of hockey in Canada. It, it really is. It's not just a story, but there's a legacy that connects past to present. The reason why I, I focus on that is because it's not well known. And so then when we take a look at, a, you know, even in that case, all the social issues going from Africville all the way up to, you know, the legacy of the people who played in that, the changing of the game, all that stuff. There, there's, there's such, you know, like you can take any aspect of that and then look at society. And so you take a look at racism or not being able to enter into the NHL at the time or professional leagues 
right? Well, that commentary is not encapsulated within sport. It's it's a real societal issue. At the same time, you look at Herb, you look at you know, William Ree, who broke those barriers and broke everything down so that now we have a different kind of position to take a look at within society and say, well, how does society then have to change to get to that place? And, and that's why I love sport, because anything that you want to look at, you can look through the lens of sport and it gives you a different perspective that people can connect to because sport, generally speaking, is universal. Even if you don't play, there's, you know, the entertainment value, there's fandom, there's participation, there's community building. Um, so, you know, I don't see it separate from society. I think it's like a microcosm of how to get to those deeper roots and, and, and the connections that go there. Uh, or even take a look at the, the legacy of her and sort of using sport and then creating a whole legacy around how do we make better citizens? That's, that's an amazing thing that comes from just a pathway through sport. I totally agree with uh, everything that you said. I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> sure you can. But, <laughs> but you know, um, sport is life. So you can't separate sport from all of the other issues in life because those issues appear in absolutely everything that we do, everything. And what happens is that some sports at different times get the, the issues get magnified in those sports and we become more aware of what actually is taking place. But what's taking place in the sport is also taking place in our lives. And uh, one of the things that I'm very aware of is that my father took his skills in sport and applied them to life. So he started in his craft as a hockey player right out of high school, 17 years of his life. And then he started the first hockey school in Canada the year after he finished. And he was well aware that that hockey school wasn't just about skills and training in hockey. It was about life skills. And that's why he called it Future Aces, future, always striving to be the ace in ourselves, to be the best of who we can be. The ability sport has to create such transformative change is unique. And Dr. Norman believes it's stories like Herb Carnegie's that make that possible. It's these kinds of stories that you can see that, you know, it's beyond, you know, the game of hockey. Uh, sport has a way of transcending and infusing itself and connecting. It's the way we bond. It's the, it's the social connections we form. It's the friendships. It's uh, the impact. It's the skills that are learned. And those all come from the play. But I think if you boil down sport to me, it's this fun. It's this play. It's this bonding. It's this expression. It's a way to, you know, to show everybody who you are and, you know, be the po best possible person that you can be. And, and I think that if, for me, if that can be the core of what we have in sport in Canada and the rest of the world, then I think we've done our job. Bernice believes that sport is transformative because of the skills you learn and the challenges it presents you, which have to be overcome. Well, it certainly is an expression of a skill sets that you might have. Uh, not everybody is built to be an athlete. And um, 
It tests your body in many ways, but it goes beyond testing your body. It tests your mind because sport is made up of all kinds of experiences where you're challenged and the challenge can be either exciting and good or the challenge can be um, negative. And what you do when you're faced with the negative is a real test of who you end up being as a person. We cannot get through life without experiencing uh, the, the shady side of things. And who are you really when these things are, when you're faced with these kinds of things, who, who do you show up as? Do you, do you show up as the person that's higher minded and um, actually strives to find solutions? My father was in a unique position of not always being able to, to do anything about certain situations around racial issues. For him, it was, this is how I support my family. And he had three children and a home. And so when systemic racism showed itself, he even says in his book uh, that he didn't always show up in the way he had wished he could have, <clears throat> but he made up for it. He made up for it when he left to try to do something about it. I mean, that was the one thing that I admired my dad so much for. He navigated around racism and all the other isms um, with such um, grace, determination, and commitment to want to make our world a better place. Our challenge is to empower young people to find that in themselves because there's not always going to be someone there to pat you on the back. Now, sports gives an opportunity to pat people on the back and you get medals and, you know, the red light goes on. Well, our, our motto is a red light. In my father's uh, writings, he said, uh, one of his coaches said, um, put the red light on. When someone calls you names or, you know, tries to downplay who you are, Put the red light on. But put the red light on isn't just about hockey. Put the red light on is about life. We want to score in life. And how do we score in life? By being a better person. By standing up for the right thing to do. Just because it, just because, just because it is the right thing to do. Dr. Herb Carnegie was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in a ceremony on November 14th. Bernice says this is a big part in recognizing the work that he did for social advocacy in hockey. I love what my father did. I love carrying on what he did. I love that I become a better person because of, of what he gave to me. And I love sharing it with other people so that they can feel as wonderful as I feel now. So this is his recognition. This is his recognition, not just for him, for our family, for, our, for all the people that loved him because he was such an amazing person. It just closes the door nicely or opens the door nicely to allowing others to believe that you, when you do good, good can come from good. 
Like Nobody's Business is a presentation from Toronto Metropolitan University's Ted Rogers School of Management. For more information, visit torontomu.ca forward slash Ted Rogers School. Thank you for listening.